Welcome everyone, this is Sasha on Moving Mountains. Today I have the pleasure of welcoming Chelsea Henderson, spiritual entrepreneur and healing practitioner who will share her professional and spiritual insights. She will also shed light on her relationship with spirituality, the significance of data healing, and the evolving forms of artistic expression she cultivates through dispensing custom-crafted healing modalities. We'll also explore her path of self-development that has allowed her to become a valued healing practitioner in her field. Please help me welcome Chelsea Henderson. Welcome to Moving Mountains, Chelsea. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So you are known as a spiritual entrepreneur and a healing practitioner. And for seasoned professionals out there in the field and for those that are new, how would you define spirituality? Spirituality, from my perspective, it's anything that exists that is manifested in non-physical form. So we live in what I view as a third density body, a third density reality. That's the experience that is human. We're manifested in physical form as an expression of the divine. So anything that is uh, a manifestation of the divine that is in non-physical form, um, say, for instance, energy. Energy is spirituality. Um, The pure essence of what we are at our core, like unconditional love, that's spirituality. Um, anything that you can express yourself as in non-physical form is something I consider to be spirituality. If you want to get more into like the um, science versus spirituality type of concepts, that kind of correlates back to the same idea that like metaphysics, um, quantum physics, um, things of that nature, they're still science-based, but they're also things that have been manifested in a non-physical form. They explain and have formulas as to how we can explain those things as well. So it's really all one big co-creation of the experience that we are able to live as humans. I think everything human-based and spirituality-based is part of the human experience. What I admire about your work is that Compared to when I started out, you are very articulate in how you express the realms of spirituality and how you work. Now, you knew from a young age of five that you wanted to be a healer. Was it an inner calling? Do you come from a family of healers? Actually, I (laughs) absolutely not. (laughs) Um, Even growing up, um, my mom was very church-based, like she would make me and my siblings go to church and, you know, kind of if we were moving around or me and my brothers and sisters were very hyperactive, like give us a pop on the pop on the shoulder, pop on the hand, stop moving around, pay attention. And we would kind of have that church experience, but we, re- we really wouldn't like it. And then my dad, um, he wasn't very, uh, very like religious or dogmatic, so to speak. He was kind of one of those people that would just, you know, go with the flow of what is. And um, so, no, I didn't have exposure to that, that type of uh, thing in any aspect from my family or how I was brought up. 
I just knew from certain um, experiences that I had within and certain things that I was able to pick up on um, and even certain things that I was able to relay and what I want for my life or, you know, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said a healer, not like a doctor, not a nurse, not a veterinarian. I said a healer. At five years old, of course, I had no concept of what that was, nor did I have any concept of spirituality, but some part of me knew that I wanted to be a healer. And then the adult part of me had to go out into the world and find out what that meant for myself. You bring up a good part about having different various belief systems because there are those out there who embrace religion and not everyone is clear on that spirituality is the ideology, but a very embracing, welcoming lifestyle that can one person be religious and coexist with spirituality. Yes, um, it's, like I said, it's all one big co-creative experience. So if you look at all the um, religious teachings from Buddhism to, uh, you know, Christianity to the Tao to, like, uh, any type of, I want to say, religious-based belief, you will find an underlying truth and common denominator within all of those religious practices. You'll find things that align with each and every one of those. And I find that that's what kind of composes spirituality, so to speak. It's those underlying principles that if you look within each and every individual religion, ones that you, you know, do believe in, ones that you don't believe in, what have you. But, you know, look within all of them and also look within science, look within metaphysics, look within quantum physics. There's these underlying factors and principles that all align and coincide with each other. And that's part of the creation of all that is. And that's kind of the, the bigger concept of, of our experience in totality. Um, and I think that's more of what spirituality is and what the human experience is right now and what it is growing to be. It's more of an all-encompassing way of viewing religion as opposed to a uh, separated view of well, this is right and that is wrong, or this is right and that is wrong. It's just a way to come together instead of a way of further um, expressing that illusion of, you know, we're separate from each other, you're you're this way, I'm that way, and eye for an eye. So it gets rid of that mentality and kind of brings us together and lets us know that we all are one at some level, you know, whether it's spiritual, whether it's religious, like it's, it is there at some level in existence. So once we realize that, I feel like we can all just kind of come to a common agreement that there are things that align within each one of those uh, individual practices that we can find common ground within. Well, as a healing practitioner, in order to help others with their self-development, what were some challenges that you had to work through in terms of your self-development or any limiting belief system in order to break free and embrace your calling? Absolutely. So with myself, and I don't want to say it's that I've reached a moment of uh, profound enlightenment where I know that my spirituality has been reached to completion. There's no, I don't feel like there is any point in that or in the experience of life that you reach completion. Um, I feel like it's an ongoing process of learning. Um, but one thing that I have had maybe ongoing problems with is my um, ability to let go of my attachment to any particular outcome. When I do work with 
of beliefs or work with um, limitations or manifesting and things of that nature, I, even as a, as a young child, I've always been very, very hard on myself in the, in the way that I have to have this result, I have to do this better, I have to do this to this degree. And I don't know where that came from. None of my parents were like that with me. It was just kind of how I was brought into this world. So I had to kind of let go of that in order to allow life to reward me with living in flow, allow it to reward me with receiving the manifestations and actually actualizing those things and realizing those things in my reality. And it's kind of the ebb and flow of things kind of is allowed to come into your life and you're allowed to have those creative experiences when you let go of your attachment to the outcome. So you do things not for the desired results, but you do them because it feels good to do them and you're in, align, uh, in alignment with your higher purpose and your higher being and your inner guidance system. So you're doing them because it's inspired. You're not doing it as a knee-jerk reaction to something that has been brought into your experience. So I had to just learn to let go and go with the flow, not be too hard on myself. Control is a facet of life, and it has its value in a time and place. How do you work with your prospective clients that may have control issues, but there's a part of them that's seeking to make healthy changes to move forward? So they have possibly the right intent, but they're holding back their actions because of letting go of control. That just kind of like the the response I gave you before, it's it's something that I work well with because it's something that has been so deeply rooted a part of myself for so long. The control that we seek sometimes isn't the control that um, is going to be beneficial to us and beneficial to our journey and our path moving forward. The discernment and the control that we have and the things that are out of our control and the things that we have to leave up to the divine to control. Because the human experience is 50-50, really. It's half of us, half of it is our part, half of it is, you know, divine timing. It's, it's on behalf of the divine. So we have to do what is within our control, and that's really the inner work, the inner alignment, the um, asking yourself those deeper questions as to why is this being recreated in my reality? What are the beliefs that I have that are causing me to react in this way? Why is this program running in my head? Like, what are those deeper level answers to those deeper level questions that that we have? And once we face those and are able to unravel those, we can release them. And then that leads way for divine to come in because we've done the work, we've asked, we've released, we're able to receive, that leads way for the divine to come in and grant us those manifestations, grant us those blessings, you know, those things that we've been asking for. But we have to understand that half of it is our part, half of it is the work of the divine. So it's a completely co-creative experience. And it's just a healthy balance between the two. Again, don't be too hard on yourself and kind of lighten up a little bit. True. Many people are hard on themselves. Your work entails channeling. How would you describe channeling? And also, are you able to bear it? Um, how I describe channeling is, and it's, you know, some people view it as something that's maybe a little bit more taboo, but it's really just anytime you're in a state of really increased receptivity, you're in a state of complete alignment, you're in a state of flow, you're living your passions, you're doing what is of your highest level of excitement, you're 
seeing the results that you want to see in your life, on some level you are channeling because there's a variance of different aspects of ourselves. There's the aspect of ourself that is divine, manifested in form on this earth plane, and then there's higher aspects of ourself which are going to be our soul, our soul self. So you, just, you go up the levels of your soul self, you can tap into those higher realms, tap into you know, infinite knowledge that you wouldn't necessarily have access to if you weren't um, in inner alignment with yourself and having that uh, inner wisdom. And inner, so it's all tapping into a, a part of you that's within that um, some people, when they cut themselves off from themselves, aren't able to tap into it as well. Channeling for me, uh, <laughs> it's a, a, it's, within the past couple of years, it's become a little bit more extreme. Um, I work largely with like the angelic realm, um, and I feel like a lot of the music I create is characteristic of the sounds of the angelic realm. Um, I work with my guides, and how it was explained to me is that once I'm able to tune my brain waves and my vibrational frequency um, closer to theirs, and they tune theirs closer to mine, Basically, I'm able to raise in vibration um, to a vibration that they're more resonant with, and they're able to tune that to a vibration that I'm more resonant with. They can come into this lower density body, and I can send their information that they're giving me, tap into you know infinite knowledge, infinite wisdom, things of that nature. I can send the information that they're downloading into me into the language center of my brain. The language center of your brain will, it'll do the work, it'll create uh, between the information that they send you on downloads and, you know, your vocal ability to be able to produce sounds that correspond with the message that they're trying to give you. You just translate that into the language of the human experience through that part of your brain. So it's kind of like a radio frequency. My brain is a receiver. They're broadcasting on a certain radio station, and then when we kind of come closer to each other, we link at a certain point, and it becomes sort of a, I don't want to say telepathic connection, but it, I mean, it is that in some way, on some level, is what they said, but I'm just able to receive messages from them because I'm tuned to a certain frequency that they can come into this fourth density or third density and express themselves as through me. And the language thing, that's a, that's a separate component, but I'm able to, you know, send that information through the language center and be able to relay it in the best way that resonates with the people that are able to receive it. A weird concept, very weird, but that's how it's been explained to me. I'm so to thank you for sharing the overview. Because I cross paths with different types of healing practitioners, some of them come from the school of personal thought that they will only work with prospective clients that are ready and willing to receive healing. Because in order to heal or provide assistance to anybody, they have to be willing to receive. And then there are those practitioners that, that believe their work will work on all people out there regardless of whether they're willing to receive the healing or not, how do you decide which clients you're going to work with and which clients are not ready to move forward? Well, one thing that I believe in all of the work that I do and you know, all of the different types of uh, modalities that I practice, I will never um, force myself 
or uh, interject myself into someone's experience unwillingly. They have to be completely free will that they have to uh, work with me and receive the healing. If they have any doubts or any skepticism or anything like that, if there's anything blocking them from being able to receive the healing that I have to, you know, channel through me to them, then I I wouldn't ever want to um, impose myself on, you know, their situation or into their journey when they're not able or willing to receive it. If they're willing to receive it and maybe just at a place where they have a lot of barriers or a lot of limiting beliefs or a lot of any of the things that I do in my practices to get rid of and help my clients break down and surpass and work through, then that's obviously something that we work together to surpass and work through and transcend and overcome. But I practice discernment between whether someone is willing to work through what they uh, are bringing to me and need to work through or whether someone is coming to me with the belief that this isn't going to work or something of that nature where they're not willing to accept the healing. They have to bring it to me as opposed to me trying to push it up on them. So if they bring it to me and they're completely willing and wanting to do these things, then I'm completely able to work with them. Um, I sometimes find it a little bit of a problem with like maybe a more marketing-based business where you have to advertise and do this and do that and kind of reach for, for the client. My business is more so based on the clients that find me. Um, I feel that they find me because they need me at that moment in time. So it's never me having to impose myself impose myself upon them. It's always them um, seeking me and finding me through whatever means they do because that's where they were guided to, and that's what's going to be for their highest and best good at that point in their journey. Because you specialize in theta healing, I know you provided a brief overview of theta healing, and you're also available on the theta healing website, and you have your Squarespace site. All of them happen there on the Sasha Talks platform. What is the training duration in order to become a practitioner in this specific field of healing? So the theta healing um, practitioner training, it really varies um, in relation to what degree of certification you're trying to reach. Um, I'm not necessarily a theta healing uh, teacher, instructor. I just uh, decided to stay with it at a practitioner level to where I could do healing sessions and, you know, teach my clients uh, methods that they can implement into their own lives, but I'm not someone that will go out and instruct theta healing courses and certify someone to become a theta healing practitioner. So basically the length of um, becoming a practitioner depends on how uh, deeply rooted in various different aspects of theta healing you're trying to be specialized in. So um, I've done the basic uh, the basic holistic, I guess if you were going to college, you would see it as like the general studies that you would do before you would move on to like a, a larger university. I've done the, the basic uh, pieces that would uh, allow me to work with my clients, um, practice data healing, and it took about, I want to say about three weeks in total each 
day was about eight to ten hours. So I was at my instructor's house for a very long time, <laughs> every single day. And we would just do these really intense classes. And it was just my brain went from a normal human brain to such an expanded version of a soul consciousness that I don't even know how that would happen in a matter of three weeks. But it does, and it's possible. And through that, I was able to, to you know, build a client base full of people that are designed. It's like they were put here on this planet to work with me for that reason. It's, I don't know. It's very weird to say, but it's so fulfilling to feel and fulfilling to be able to practice because it's theta healing was kind of that opportunity to introduce me to everything else that I've been able to experience in my uh spiritual journey and my spiritual business and all those aspects of myself. So it was kind of a full circle moment. Because you had a few false starts in your career path before things started flowing, once you came across Theta Healing, it must be a wonderful feeling that you've seen in your groove, in your flow of life. But you also have other interests where you write music, and especially healing music. Healing music is very popular nowadays, and whether it's marketed from a commercial perspective or through practitioners like yourself, how are people able to differentiate and identify that it's authentic and kosher healing music and not something that has the word healing next to it and they're listening to it over and over every day? Absolutely. (laughs) So the way to basically identify that is to identify anything in your life that is being brought to you as something that's beneficial or being brought to you as something that's beneficial and is really negative you have to go inwards and use that inner discernment, like listen to it. How does that make you feel? What emotions are being brought up within you? And, you know, listen to your body, listen to those emotions. Your body will tell you exactly what you need to know to know what you need to do or to know what you're feeling or to to know those, you know, deeper rooted questions that you have. So if you listen to something and your energy gets a little bit weebly wobbly where it's like, uh, okay, I like the sound, but I don't, it's not making me, I don't know the way this is making me feel. Or like you're teetering and tottering like in and out and the energy is a little bit scattered, then that's probably not a healing frequency that you're receiving. At least that's not something that you resonate with as a healing frequency to you. So you can really um, listen to anything and anything that you receive and it brings a feeling of peace or a feeling of being soothed or a feeling of empowerment or a feeling of excitement or, you know, those those good feeling feelings, anything that gives you those good vibes or um, is able to kind of wash away the negative vibes and bring you, bring you into a state of peace and a state of calmness, you know that within yourself. You don't have to look at the title that says healing this or a title that says rock and roll that you know that within yourself so it's all about you know going within and then making those decisions without and choosing things that resonate with you and kind of pushing aside the things that don't so for you just reference empowerment who are the people in your life and what activities empower you people in my life that i would say have empowered me are Definitely my father. He passed away in uh, 2014, but in his life on this planet, he was one of those people that lived the way I kind of uh, 
talk about living the way I hold myself to the standards of living, where you're living in your bliss, living in your truth, standing in your power, and doing things not because you feel like things have to be done, doing things not to make money, doing things not, I mean, obviously, you'll make the money and you'll, you'll do the things that have to be done, but that's just a, by, a byproduct of living in your truth and standing in your power, following your bliss, living in flow. It's all of the doing the inner work first and then the outer results, results excuse me, are created as a byproduct of, you know, the inner work that you do. And my dad was a prime example of that. He did a lot of the things that I actually were able to newly tap into, like the music. Uh, we picked up music kind of by ear. So it's just like you pick up an instrument, never played it before, but for some reason you pick it up and you know what to do. And he did that with a lot of different instruments that are a lot of different instruments that I now really, really resonate with and am attracted to in the music that I create and produce, like the violin, uh, the harp, the acoustic guitar, like all of the music that I produce now I feel like is literally an expression of him and the, you know, uh, impression that he's had on my life and the influence that he's had on my life. I feel like a lot of things that he's done I've been able to, you know, kind of replicate or have been innately gifted with and been able to tap into. But my dad is definitely one of those people that has empowered me. You're also a entrepreneur. What two tips would you be able to offer to anyone listening in the audience if they're going to go out and bring either an idea to life or put their own services out there? What have you learned so far? I learned that even if it is not bringing you the results that you think you desire at the moment, you think you desire them, always live in your truth, kind of work from the inside out each and every time, align first, and then act in the outside world second. So align with your inner, uh, your inner compass, your higher being, your, you know, the aspects of yourself that are going to give you that innate wisdom that you have access to tap into, those gifts that you have access to tap into, that if you do that first, you'll be able to let your introspection, I'm sorry, introspection guide your outer expression. So when introspection guides outer expression, you're able to live a complete life of uh, reoccurring synchronizations, a life of what seems to be uh, ongoing manifestation of miracles. You're able to live that magic that really happens from the creator in you that is an expression of divine in physical form. So it's all about aligning, aligning all those higher aspects of yourself first, and then you can go outwards with inspired action instead of knee-jerk reaction. And inspired action will take you to where you need to go, when you need to go there, with who you need to go there with. Everything will work out exactly how it's supposed to play out. And you'll have to think less and you can do more from a place of alignment and achieve the results that you're really looking And that's with anything in life in general, not just 
or being an entrepreneur or anything of that nature, I feel has been the most helpful way to live life. Those are wise words because sometimes people are very short-sighted and they want their results immediately. Now, as an empath and working and coexisting with Energy 365 24-7, when you encounter moments of energy overload, how do you ground yourself? Because I know everybody has their own means of um, rooting themselves back into the earth. <laughs> Absolutely. And this has been, it's become such an important part of my process as I've been channeling more and more. You feel the need to ground yourself and integrate those energies more and more and more. Because it's like you go higher up further, further, and more and more, and then you need to ground back down into the earth further and further and more and more. And I find that sometimes drinking tons of water, my guys will verbatim tell me, you, you need to drink a lot of water, drink water, drink water, massage your kidneys, massage your kidneys, drink water, drink water. Like it's, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's, it feels like sometimes after I'm done channeling, I just got done running a marathon, being awake for three days, but really I, I didn't have any type of, over exhausting experience it was just a lot of energy going through me and rest is also a very essential factor in that listen to your body because again your body's going to tell you exactly what you need when I need water and I don't drink water my guides will come in they'll tell me you need to drink water you need to drink water they'll tell me if I don't listen in that language and another language I'll google it your your guardian angels are telling you you need to drink water so it's it's something that I take very seriously and then when I sleep or feel the need to sleep or rest I sleep and I rest and when I need to not answer to certain things outside of me and be able to just go within and be with myself on an inward basis or just not engage so much outwardly in regards to like social media or you know emails that much or talking on the phone that much because every different level of communication carries its own level of energy. I'm just working with listening to my body and listening to what I need and doing that and not doing so much of what it doesn't need. I can push myself to a certain extent, but if I go beyond a certain extent, my body will shut down. So I just listen to myself. That makes sense. I've learned the hard way. When you don't listen to the body, the body gets the ultimate say. And I always say Mother Nature wins. What was one of the most courageous decisions that you've made in the recent years? The most courageous decision I think I've made in the recent past, I'm trying to think because there's been a couple and I've, I've kind of touched on a few of them. Um, I think definitely the one that I touched on before was just listening to myself as opposed to going outside of myself or seeking outward validation because in the world that we live in, it's so, I don't know, uh, desired by other people to get on social media and post something and get that out validation of likes and comments and the I don't know this whole way of interaction that that the world is doing <laughs> now and I say it like it's a foreign concept but it's just something that has always made me feel really uneasy um, and I think the most courageous thing that I've decided to do is just like tell myself hey if that's not something you resonate with like it's okay. If that's not a way of life that you prefer to live, 
it's okay. You don't have to be a social media mogul. You don't have to. You can still get your message out there in ways that will resonate with who it needs to resonate with. And spirit will, you know, speak to me and be like, well, we'll bring you these opportunities because that's another level of the self that you've mastered. I'm going to listen to myself. I'm going to listen to my own guidance. I'm going to forge my own path, and I'm going to go this way. I don't want to go that way because that way doesn't feel good to me. So I, I stayed in alignment. I went with the way that I felt was necessary, and Spirit brought me opportunities in the exact way that I asked for them in, even though I didn't know they, they were really – I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. I just asked for it that way. I didn't know it was actually really a thing, but they were brought to me in that way, and I could say, okay, yes to this, yes to this, yes to this. And I'm rewarded in those ways as long as I follow my inner guidance system, as long as I, I forge my own path and stay true to myself and kind of follow my true north every time. So that's a courageous thing that I have to do each and every day, intentionally each and every day, and, you know, not, not respond to the, the whole, I don't know, it may be a bad thing to say, but the whole social media thing, I, like it's just not something that I've, that I've really resonated with for a very long time. So, yes, I've just decided to kind of forge my own path in that way, and I've still gotten the opportunities in the way that I wanted to get them and the way that I wanted to express myself authentically in. They're just not the way that, they were being brought to me out of a place of disalignment. I would say good for you because I feel similarly that I always believe that you'll find the right people and the right people will find you, that you don't need to do everything that society is doing at that moment in time because you don't want to get wrapped up in somebody else's other society's expectations in the flow. And you put it very beautifully. We don't always get to control the how, but we'll all get to connect with those that were meant to. Are there any exciting projects that you're looking forward to? Projects? I can't say uh, projects in the way that I know exactly how, just like you were kind of hinting on before. I can't say projects in the way that I know exactly how they're going to manifest in the form, but I have been kind of called upon by my guides to work more with channeling. Um, And that's something that I've been, it's, it's one of those things that we can get, when you get pulled into, you kind of, everything is it's kind of like uh, all bets are off. Like, you never know. You kind of, like, are expecting something from each and every direction. Like, it's like a whole new level of a video game that is the experience that we're living. And it's like, okay, this one's interesting. This one's really interesting. But this is going to take some getting used to. And so I've been called to kind of work with my guys a lot more and do a lot more channeling. I don't know if it's going to come out in the form of a book, if it's going to come out in the form of, like, live channeling events. Um, That part, again, is not up to me. 50% is up to me. 50% is up to the divine and my guide. So I know that I am really excited, though, because um, I am receiving that there is a new path or a new level of uh, the path that I've currently been on that's a way for me. It just creates this, this extreme level of excitement in me. It's almost like a kid-like feeling, like, okay, okay, like, I'm ready, I'm ready, and then I'll probably get hit with it and be like, okay, okay, that was too much, that was too much. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm really excited to see the ways in which it, it creates itself in my life. Well, the unknown sounds to be exciting. Can you please let audiences know how they could reach you? Absolutely. Um, I have my website that should also be linked into the article interview description um, that you posted on, yes. on your various forms. Um, it is my Squarespace website. It's Infinite Healing by Chelsea. Infinite, I-N-F-I-N-I-T-E, Healing by Chelsea, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, dot Squarespace, 
gmail.com. And then you can also get in contact with me by infinitehealingbychelsea at gmail.com. That's also featured on my website. And also if you go to my website, they will have the direct contact form that features my phone number where you can get in direct contact with me for any types of inquiries, consultations, booking questions, anything like that, or if you just want to kind of talk to me more about my work and what I do. So those are the various different ways you can kind of get in contact with me, even if I'm kind of um, shut off to different forms of media. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would say Chelsea is readily available. Her information and her articles will also be shared on creativecircle.com, authors by Sasha, sashatalks.com, and her audio insights will be available through iHeartRadio and all of the affiliates. So I highly encourage you to learn more about her work because it's an opportunity for you to bring and manifest your blessings into your life. And Chelsea, I want to thank you for sharing your insights because there's always room for self-improvement in each of our paths. And I wish you well. Oh my God, Sasha, thank you so much for the opportunity to co-create this experience with you. And you have been such a huge part of my path and my journey. So I appreciate the opportunity as well.